Hey guys, what's up? My name's Ines. I write kissing books and today I'm having a bit of a breakdown because I don't like roller coasters, but I love a good thrill ride, especially when there's a romance. Do you know the thriller beats? Let's break it down. We've been focusing on romance because it's the number one selling genre and it's the best genre. We've also been focused on the more arousing bits of romance because who doesn't want to have a thrill ride? I hear you sweet romance friends, but we all know that kissing can be quite the roller coaster ride. But there's another way to give readers a thrilling ride, and that's by following the thriller beats. Now, we've talked about the romance beats, and it's my belief that every subgenre, as well as every trope, has beats. For thrillers, I believe that there are seven beats, seven obligatory scenes that readers or viewers expect in a thriller, particularly in a romantic suspense. Here they are. The first is the crime or threat. You find a dead body or some evidence of theft or other crime that has been committed. A seed is planted that will be crucial later at this point. And the story question is posed of who done it or how did they do it or why did they do this or why are they doing this? The next beat is the adhesion to the case. And this gives us our hero or our heroine to the story because they are the ones that are going to be asking the story question. And that protagonist could be the cop, the detective, the PI, the agent. Then we have the initial theory. This is where the hero is brought into the fold, into the special world of the crime. The threat is defined and what will happen if that threat fully unfolds is made clear as the stakes. The hero or someone else makes an initial theory as a potential answer to the story question, which is usually incorrect, but it serves as a plan and it sets them off on a course of action. The next beat is all about the obstacles, baby. I like to call it the three bangs and the explosion because we're in the obstacles. And I noticed that, especially in thrillers, obstacles often come in three, three bangs, and then one final explosion, which is the, con the confrontation. This is the fun and game section of a thriller. It's like the three dates in a disaster of a romance, but instead of levels of intimacy, or emotional arcs, it's all about the stakes of the threat. This is where the focus is on what the hero will lose if they don't achieve the goal. It might be freedom, it might be dignity because they're keeping a secret, it might be their life, or it might be their soul, like damnation. It might be another person or it might be the world. The next beat is the reminder of danger. This is the all is lost moment because the hero is put in peril. They change and they can't go back. Their only choice is to go forward to the end, which puts them in that peril, that danger, because they came to the wrong conclusion in that initial theory. Maybe they chose the wrong suspect. Maybe they put a teammate in danger. Maybe they put themselves in danger. But this is when, we're, when we arrive at the confrontation, the explosion. It's the last obstacle. It might be the last one for the rest of the story as the hero tries to come at this confrontation from a few different ways before actually winning. Hopefully they win. Now we come to the speech and praise of the villain portion. And this is when the story question gets answered. The why did they do it? The how did they do it? The who done it? But before that happens, the hero is put in an unwinnable position. It's the perfect time for the villain to give their speech, that speech and praise of the villain. 
And finally, we come to the resolution beat. This is when the hero finds a way out and they thwart the bad guy and they save the day, hopefully. But even if the hero wins, they may still lose in the stakes. Some of my favorite romantic suspense and thrillers are where I'm shipping the characters. For example, the television show White Collar, the movie The Thomas Crown Affair, and Shonda Rhimes is the catch. Notice that all three of these have art themes. Shondaland is always a sure bet, so we're going to break down the catch, which is currently available on Hulu at the time of this recording. So in the catch, we start with the crime. In the opening scene, we're brought into an art gallery. We follow a man who is clearly a thief by the way he's clocking his surroundings and marking who he believes is the woman in charge. He singles out this beautiful woman and he gets her to show him an exclusive painting while they're alone. As he's seducing her with his smooth, cultured moves, he snags her security badge and returns to the scene to steal a priceless painting. When you watch this opening scene, notice the discussion of a painting that the two are looking at. It's a painting of a man and woman in an embrace. The bad guy in this scene mentions how the guy in the painting doesn't show his eyes. They, the, only the woman's eyes are shown in the painting. The bad guy insists that the woman in the painting is in love and that it's sad because love never lasts. But just because it doesn't last doesn't mean it isn't love. This is the theme stated in the Save the Cat model of plotting. The whole theme of the show, The Catch, is about authenticity, about what is real, what is love, and what a great way to showcase this notion of a theme by putting it in a painting that's about to be stolen. Okay, back to the crime. In this opening scene, we watch the mysterious man steal the woman's badge, and then we watch him snag the painting. We see his skill in art theory. He looks like he's really good at this. He's almost out and scot-free when the woman returns and she takes him down and cuffs him. Not only did she make him out as a thief, we see that she was in control of the situation the whole time and even set him up to take her badge. And then we watch as she takes him down like a boss. The thief looks up and asks, is she a cop? She says, no, she's a private investigator. The credits roll showing us that this was a teaser. Now, remember in the teaser that there's three jobs. It has to be immediate, quick, and grab attention. All three of those things happen in the teaser of the catch. And we're introduced to our heroine, Alice Vaughn. She's the PI, but she's a high-end PI with rich and powerful clients who she fixes problems for. She's total Olivia Pope vibes because Shonda Rhimes has a character type. Next, we get to the adhesion to the case. Before the adhesion point, I want you to notice that the writers of this show employ a novice just as Scandal did, and that novice is used to guide us into this world. Sophie is the new kid on the block, and she gives us background as to what they do at Anderson and Vaughn. And now that we're in Alice Vaughn's world, we see her big case. There's a big bad guy toying with the investigators of Anderson and Vaughn. The big bad guy has been dubbed Mr. X. He's an expert thief who has stolen $5 million from Alice's clients. A cat and mouse game plays out where Alice and her associates think they know who Mr. X's next target will be. They start a sting on the suspect, certain that Mr. X will make a clandestine briefcase exchange with the person who is his mark. As viewers, we watch Mr. X enter the scene and we as the audience see exactly who he is. 
dude is handsome and dude is suave. We watch as he stays one step ahead of Alice and her team the whole time that she thinks she's got him on his heels. But he slips through her fingers to a banging Pitbull soundtrack, if I might add. Mr. X literally breezes by Alice and our hearts are pounding. We see him recognize her. We see that he sees her and he gives her a smoldering once over. You can just smell the faded mates of it all. Now, Alice is an expert in what she does and she's clearly met her match in Mr. X. She drives home empty handed, defeated. And when she goes in, she's greeted by her fiance who's in the shower. The steam from the shower clears and it's Mr. X. <laughs> The audience knows it, but Alice doesn't know that her fiance is the guy she's been after. Before we get to the threats and the stakes, there's a brief montage that illustrates how deeply entrenched in each other's lives Mr. X, whose real name is Ben, and Alice are. Alice goes to Ben's company building, which bears his name. His workers know who she is and vice versa. It becomes clear that the two of them have been together for a year and they're about to get married. In fact, Alice is at his office to hand him a check with her life savings as a down payment on the house that they're buying together. Alice, being the independent woman that she is, insists on going half on their house. She says they're gonna be real partners in this marriage. Once Alice leaves, Ben's real boss, whose name is Margot, comes in. Margot is his partner in crime. Margot tells Ben that Alice has outlived her usefulness because they have her whole client list after that briefcase exchange. And Margot tells Ben that he needs to break off the fake engagement with her right now. We watch as Ben tries to find a way to stall, but he can't because he can't rouse Margot's suspicions that he might actually have feelings for Alice. The romance subplot takes over for a minute when Alice tries on her wedding dress and Ben catches her. He's clearly floored when he looks at her. They make love, leaving the audience to wonder if maybe this is really real for him. In the morning, we watch as Ben tries to get Alice to run away with him, but she demurs. She's so focused on capturing Mr. X. She promises Ben that the minute that she catches Mr. X, they could run away together. Yeah, guys, it's clearly real for him by the look on his face, but it's also not meant to be because he's the villain in the story and he knows he has to go. So he gives her a forehead kiss and he leaves, which moves us into the initial theory. Back at Anderson and Vaughn, they're making a profile of the villainous Mr. X. This is where we learn the rules of the game. Mr. X is playing with them every time he confronts them before he's about to steal something from one of their clients. He sends a note saying, are you ready to play? In the middle of their theorizing, Alice recounts Ben asking her to elope. Her colleagues tell her to drop everything she's doing and go for it. Alice decides to do it. She calls Ben, but he doesn't answer. She goes home and it's like, he was never there. All of his stuff is gone. She goes to his office, but the entire place is empty. He's gone. We talked about how there's three bangs and an explosion in a thriller. The first bang was that check that Alice signed over with her life savings and put it in Ben's hand. Now he's completely gone from her life. 
including the photos that they took. As Alice is searching for some trace of him, she notes that he never once looked into the camera. You never see his eyes, just like in that romantic painting of the couple. This first bang hit Alice personally. It hit her financially. It hit her in her heart. The second bang is when Alice realizes Ben was after their client list, when they realize that the company has been hacked. That's when she realizes that Ben is Mr. X. They also realize that if they tell their clients they've been hacked, they're going to lose everything and have a professional death. This bang is a loss of power and they are going to be exposed because now they have a secret to keep. In the next bang, the FBI shows up looking for Ben. They want to work with Alice on trying to find him. Alice declines because she's embarrassed that she let this happen to her. She's an expert at what she does. She's the best. And she got tricked. But more importantly, Alice wants revenge. So she asks her partner, Val, to give her until the end of the day to find something on Ben. As she's investigating and retracing her steps with Ben, the FBI catches her in the act of breaking into his old office and his old car. This is another professional death. And this bang threatens Alice's freedom because she could be arrested by the FBI for interfering. We arrive at the reminder of danger pacing point. Remember, Ben's goal was to access Alice's client list, but it was for one particular client. The client he's after has an invention that's worth billions. Alice figures this out and she goes to the event that this client is currently at, thinking that she might catch Ben there. She's right. Ben is there in the process of conning this particular client. The client has all the information that Ben needs on a hard drive, which Ben swipes with his quick fingers. Ben's on his way out when he sees Alice. After a pregnant pause, where they gaze at each other, Alice with vengeance clear on her face, and Ben filled with longing, Ben manages to slip through her fingers yet again. Once Ben gets away, he's reminded by his partner that if Margot, his boss, finds out that his feelings for Alice are real, Margot will kill Alice and then kill Ben. At the Hero in Peril pacing point, Alice gets the last laugh for once because Alice planted a bug in what Ben stole from the client. And now Alice is able to steal everything from Ben and Margot, leaving them broke. Problem is... Alice has now put Ben in danger with the powerful people who own him and Margot because if they don't pay, they will lose their lives. But Ben can't help but smile at Alice's gameplay. It's a checkmate and he is proud of her for taking him down a notch. Now, because this is romantic suspense and not just a thriller, there's a grand gesture. Before the credits roll on this pilot episode, we see Ben steal the romantic painting of the couple with the woman smiling and the man looking away that we saw at the beginning of the show. He steals this and he leaves it for Alice in her bedroom. Remember how each time Mr. X came at Alice and her company right before he stole something from one of her clients, he would send a note saying, let's play. The episode ends at Alice looking up at the painting hanging on her wall. And she says, you want to play? Let's play. Fade to black. Now, there's no speech and praise of the villain in the pilot episode, 
But this speech does come later in the season. There's also no resolution in the pilot episode because it's the first episode. There's an open door. And that open door was the grand gesture of the painting. Now, because I'm your girl, I will warn you that this show was canceled at the end of season two. And the new open door that they leave at the end of season two is left wide open still to this day. Yeah. But it's still a delightful romp all the way through that hits all the beats, all the pacing points. ABC launched another romantic thriller in 2023. In this thriller, the players are a female CIA agent and a con man. The drama is called The Company You Keep. I lined up on the couch on Sunday night when this first premiered because I love cat and mouse drama. Unfortunately for me, this show missed a few beats. Actually missed a lot of beats for me. I'm not going to tell you right now. I want you to go and watch the show and see which beats they caught and which beats they dropped. And then if you want to discuss it, you can join me on Substack where I've set up a discussion thread. My Substack is free to read and it's at anesswrites.substack.com. Want a more in-depth exploration of pacing? Try out my patient and pacing course, How to Write a Binge-Worthy Novel in 21 Days at anesswrites.com forward slash PTP for patient and pacing. In the meantime, you guys, you know what to do. You go get them words. And me, I'll try to keep it together until the next time that we break it down. I'll see you then. Bye.